Santa Claus is coming to town. Deck the halls with balls of cotton. Fa la 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 la. Yes, I'll be coming to the mess tent for a prayer and a wing. Hey, MASH fans, it's time for another episode of the MASH 4077th Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Kenny, and joining me as always, my good pal, Simon. Gentlemen. All right, today we're going to be discussing Season 9, Episode 5, Death Takes a Holiday. It's the 203rd episode overall, directed by Mike Farrell, story by Thad Mumford, Dan Wilcox, and Burt Metcalf, teleplay by Mike Farrell, John Rappaport, and Dennis Koning. It originally aired on December 15th, 1980, and the production code is Z408. I hate to hex your Xmas, but I bring bad Yule tidings. The supply convoy's been hit by marauders. Our turkey dinner's been trimmed. Oh, oh come on. Turkeys, that stinks. Don't those guys know there's a war on that's off? Afraid the best we can look for we do is roast leg of spam. Oh, oh I can't up for the war. Please, please. Now, while we're all busy feeling sorry for ourselves, let me give you a little food for thought. The ones who really miss out will be our young guests from the foster home. Sure. They'll come to the party expecting turkey and end up with our standard bill of unfair. Isn't it ironic? They're the refugees, yet we get the care packages. They can have my cookies. Very sweet, Margaret. They can have my niece's sugar-cured ham. I don't need any more air in my spare tire. I must have something back in my footlocker. Better chip in than chip beef, huh? Uh, you... Huh, fudge. Yeah, they can have this. I'll just eat my heart out. Feed, you get the Nobel Prize. We got the makings of a great buffet, just like the smorgasbord down at the Kiwanis back home. Klinger, I'm appointing you chairman of the Food Procurement Committee. You get out and canvas all the tents. Tell them to give till it hurts. I also have the plot summary. While local orphans attend a Christmas party in the mess tent, Hawkeye, BJ, and Margaret try to save a life of a critically injured soldier so that his family won't think of... Christmas as the day their father died. What's this? These, Corporal, are smoked and succulent oysters. Not a whole lot to suck at. Klinger, remember the old adage, not the size of the gift, it's the cost. You must be kidding. You got three great big packages this week, and all you're coming up with are a few oysters, Rockefeller? They were all clothing. All chintz, I'm sure. Since when do they mark clothing perishable? Gentlemen, my business is just that, mine. I demand that you terminate this swinish inquisition. Well, terminate you if you don't come up with something. Please, please, please. I'm sure Major Winchester must have a very good reason for what he's doing. Uh He's a cheap, selfish skunk. Sir. And guest stars for this episode. Kay Luke plays Cho Sung Ho. Now, he was hired as a technical advisor on several Asian-themed films and made his film debut in The Painted Veil from 1934. It seemed that he appeared in almost every film that called for Chinese characters, usually in small parts, but occasionally, as in The Good Earth from 1937, came in a more meatier, more substantial role. In addition, he played Dr Kildare's rival at the hospital in the Dr Kildare series at MGM. But it was as Charlie Chan's number one son that Luke achieved his greatest recognition. In the 1970s, a new generation was made aware of his talents by virtue of his recurring role in the TV series Kung Fu. Nice. From 1972. And we have the return of G.W. Bailey as Lieutenant Lutho Rizzo. And Kelly Nakahara returns as Lieutenant Kelly Yumoto R.N. And Jeff Maxwell returns as Igor Sraminsky. And Sally Imanua plays Korean Girl. Now, Sally's other role was in When the Whistle Blows. 
And we have Yoshi Hover, who plays Korean boy. Yoshi Hover is an actor known for Knott's Landing and the magical world of Disney. And Peyman Page plays Jeep driver and staff sergeant. Now, Peyman Page is an actor known only for MASH, 1972, ah, but Digital Cream in 1983 and Law and Order in 1990. Only a few uh, credits to his name there. Uh, may I help you, sir? Uh, no, uh, no, no. Uh, I'm just a friend from the 407th. Oh, yes. The children in my care are invited to your camp tomorrow. Yes. Is there a problem? N- no, no. I brought these for the children. You are very kind, Major. Winchester the third. And I am Choi Sung-ho. <laughs> Wallingford and Chadwick, confectioners. Yes, he's a very special. A hand poured by the finest chocolatiers in Boston. We are very grateful. Oh, please come in. Allow the children to show their appreciation. No, no, you don't understand. I, I cannot. Uh, I'm sorry. See, on Christmas Eve, it's a tradition in my family to leave this particular gift at places like this, but part of the custom also holds that for it to be a true act of charity, the gift must remain anonymous. Ah, that is a lovely thought. Uh, You have practiced this for many years? Oh, my. Uh, Some of my earliest recollections of childhood are associated with it. I still remember being with my mother, father, and sister Honoria and watching fascinated as Mr. Wallingford hand-wrapped each morsel and then later wiping a peephole in the Otto's frosted window and watching my father quickly leave the packages. I mean, we can't have the little urchins begging in the street now, can we? (laughs) Remember, not a word not a word. All right, it's time to discuss this episode. I think Meds wants to start us off here. Oh, uh, well, okay. Um, okay, so this is my favorite all-time MASH episode. This is like your uh, ultimate, ultimate favorite, like the number one of all it's MASH the number episodes? One. It's the, the number one. I, I absolutely love it. It's two fantastic storylines. Uh-huh. As we've talked before where we have, you know, A and B storylines, both of these storylines are A. You know, not one of them is weaker than the other or better than the other. You know, they they, they both have in just incredibly strong, you know, tales to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, let's just go through the, you know, the little bit, the whole thing about them not getting, the, the you know, the uh, the turkey dinner. So they're going to have to have roasted spam, mm-hmm. um, you know, the smoked <laughs> oysters from Charles in that small tin. Uh, giving to, you know, He's so generous. Up. Oh, he's so generous, which I love that build-up. You know, I I love that whole build-up of, like, him clearly, you know... And if you've never seen this, again, like we always say, you know, some people I have, I've noticed on our Facebook page that a lot of people actually haven't seen these episodes of Mass. They listen to us talk to them and they go into them then. Please don't do that with this episode. Okay? <laughs> Stop it now. Go and watch the episode and then come back because yes. I, I don't want it to spoil it. Don't spoil it's it. So good. It's such a good reveal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it really is. I love the bit with Rizzo, uh, where Rizzo's kind of giving him some jip about being tight. Well, well. But in the spirit of Christmas itself. Good news travels fast. The word is the rich get richer and the poor 
get oysters. Sergeant, about the jeep. No problem, no problem, Major. I'm sure you have your DR3. The DR who? The authorization form. It means you got permission. I know what it means. In triplicate, signed by the president of your fan club and our company clerk. Oh, Sergeant, surely we can overlook the... Oh, no, 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 mm -mm, Major, no. Just because I don't read too good doesn't mean that I don't do things by the book. Sergeant, perhaps I can appeal to your more masculine instincts. Come again? I need the jeep for an assignation. You gonna kill somebody? Oh, at Trist, a rendezvous, date. Oh, oh, I get it. <laughs> a word to the wives is efficient. <laughs> <laughs> Precisely. I'm sure that a man of the world... Oh, enough said, enough said, you Good. cheap rascal. You saving your yummies for some babe. <laughs> you are a crumb, but I respect you for it. Cool. Just, uh, just let me know if she's got a friend. Will do. <laughs> Uh, but then, of course, as soon as it, it seems that Charles is, you know, Charles is, um, you know, going to on a date of sorts, he, mm -hmm. he quickly gives him the jeep. I don't know why. Maybe it's the hope that he's going to get, you know, going to get someone that. That's um, just Rizzo. Rizzo's a, a kind of a dirty guy. I mean, he's, you know, I can see yeah. him not liking him, and all of a sudden he's finding out he's going on a date and being, oh yeah, go for it. And then, you know, he's slimy. Yeah. Especially when you think that his contribution to the meal is hogs jowls. <laughs> no, it's. <laughs> I know. There's I know. No, no way I would eat hogs jowls. That just does no. not sound appealing at all. It, it it does not it does not sound appealing. But uh, the 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 main A storyline we well as I say there can't be any main storyline. But let's just mention talk about Hawkeye, BJ, and Margaret. And that, yes. now, there they are. You know they're, they're trying to save this guy, and it's BJ who takes over from it. And again, he's you know there's a little bit and I think naivety a little bit that comes in from his medical point of view. But the fact is, the father comes in where yes, he would not time. like the idea, yeah, of his yep. of his daughter knowing that Christmas Day for, will forever be the day that her daddy died. And I love the whole thing of that the way they work on him and yeah it is great the way Hawkeye goes up to the clock and turns it but you can't help but think <laughs> why didn't you do that earlier on but I think it's such an after they've, they've, you know they knew they weren't going to keep him going but I think they you know until you see that end bit you know it's a bit like in Lord of the Rings isn't it where you think well why didn't you get them flying birds yeah. to start off with you fly you to, to, to drop the ring in there it's true <laughs> I mean, but, there. <laughs> but I think but I think the reason they did that is because they are you know they're doing things by the rules so they were mm. trying to keep him alive, trying to keep him alive to after Christmas. And unfortunately, he passed away like 20 minutes before, you know, midnight. Well, no, he, well, he was theoretically dead anyway. Well, technically. Uh, there was only keeping his were, heart going. Yes, but, but still, he was alive. I'm using quote marks. He was mm -hmm. alive, and they were trying to keep his heart going for that amount of time so he wouldn't die on Christmas Day. But the yeah. fact that he did die, then they like, well, you know, we tried so hard. Let's just Now they're, they're breaking rules. And you can tell because Margaret's like... This is the first time I'm yeah, ever... Yeah, she's ever done that, yeah. But she does it, and that's what I like about her character, not to take up your talking time, but I like no, no. the fact that I don't know if she would have done this early on in the season, in the series. I was just, yeah, I was just about to say that to you. I think, yeah. would it have been a different thing with Frank when Frank yeah. was there? Oh, no, you Frank know. wouldn't have done it. He wouldn't have been part of that. He would not have oh, gone no. into the... No, they would have never told him. Uh, yeah. But I, I wonder about Margaret because Margaret always always has a good heart. She's always been a healer. She's always been there to help people. Mm. But would but she was so such a stickler on regulations. Oh, would yeah. she have done this in episode in season one compared to now? Because she still mm. she you could tell it's 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 heavy on her. You know, like oh, oh I, yeah, I've never yeah. done this before. But she does it. She still continues yeah. to do it because she believes I, it truly is the right thing to do. 
I think the thing as well, because the soldier is brain dead, because it's his brain stem that's been shot. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Hawkeye's a, um, well, actually, originally, uh, you know, um, well, yeah, no, he's Hawkeye, isn't he? He's, a, he's the new yeah. kind of like the chess surgeon. As originally, it was Trapajani who was the chess surgeon. And Charles is theoretically the best surgeon out of all of them. But it doesn't matter how good you are when the brain stem is gone. There's no, there's nothing you can do. It's, there's nothing you can it's do. Pointless, you know. Yeah. So it's purely a moralistic point of view. This is where they are going, like you know, it's purely they're thinking about future. They're thinking about what the their, this bloke's poor, you know, wife yeah. and kids are going to be thinking about. And I, I do like that kind of thing. And yeah, I mean, you know, I know I mentioned that, you know, they could have just done that earlier on and gone back to the party, but you know, that doesn't build up tension. Doesn't build up a good program. <laughs> yeah. You know, the fact they all work together, and again, like you said about uh, Margaret, you know, she's in. Involved in it all, she's part of the team. She's mm-hmm. not. She's not just this, you know, hard nosed nurse. Uh, hard nosed mm-hmm. soldier anymore. She is a, you know, a hundred percent nurse as well yeah. as being in the in the army. And I, I love that whole thing. And I like the way that, you know, when BJ snaps at Father Mulcahy, how Mulcahy stands up for mm. himself. Excuse me, BJ. No. I beg your pardon. You can't have him yet. I have to administer the. He's still mine, and you're not going to pull a shroud over him. BJ, easy. BJ. I'm not pulling the shroud over him, BJ. I'm going to administer the last rites. Sorry, Father. It's been a long night. Let the man do his job. I said no, not now. Listen to me, BJ. I try to stay out of the way because what you people do here is so important. But understand, at a time like this, what I have to do is just as important. And no one, not you nor anyone else, is going to stand between me and the performance of my sacred office. Look, yes. you've got your job, this is my job, and no one, including you, is going to tell me what to do. I love that. It's I, so you know, good. It's so good yeah. because we do, let's face it, think of Father Mulcahy as a bit, a bit meek, you know, even though he's mm-hmm. a boxer. We do, we do think of him as a bit meek, you know, all saintly and godly, but I love the fact that he stands up for that. This is his job, you know, he, he and he's always, it's yep. always plays on his mind of how much he, he doesn't think he does a lot, and let's face it, he does an awful lot. And, yeah. and at that moment when he steps in, the fact that both Hawkeye and... You know, Margaret, um, you know, stand up against him and say, you know, oh, you can't, that's not on. You know, I mean, yeah. you bang out of order and then BJ knows it. You know, that, that just yeah. shows a slight, there's a slight immaturity to BJ. I, I think it's, it's meant to show the the young man in, in suddenly in the army kind of route. And that's done very yeah. well. Um, yeah. I also like we've uh, with Potter. I mean, Potter comes in and he sees what's going on. He knows what's going on. He knows what they're trying to do. And the oh, fact yeah. that he kind of like you know he just has more respect for them afterwards with those small pieces of fudge. But the reason why I adore this episode, I mean, I love that that section of it. But the reason why I adore this episode so much is, is again because it's a Charles heavy episode. Charles, oh and, yeah. You know, he, they, they know that he's getting all this. You know, these parcels coming in, he saves their clothes, yet they're perishable. And then he sneaks off and, and goes to the orphanage and gives them to him. And because, you know, he knows he's, he's going to be ostracized and he does get ostracized. You know, he's left on the table on his own and they're all kind of like, you know, giving him snarls. Yeah. And then when he finds out that girl's got the, hasn't got the candy, they haven't received the sweets or the, you know, the, the, the caviar and all this kind of stuff that is, is donated and he has a go at the guy. And it's when the guy, the, the, the man explains to him that, you know, Yes, it would have given them a few seconds of enjoyment, but now they've got you know rice and and uh, and all this kind of stuff. And cabbage, yeah, cabbage and for rice a month. and cabbage for a month. You know, for yeah. all these kids, and yep. it's it's such wonderful acting from that, and also wonderful writing, but so much wonderful acting and directing um, here by Mike Fowl that um, the whole thing of Charles um, doing it all in secret. It's his family tradition, mm-hmm. you know, and he takes it all over there. And but what makes it good is. 
David Ogden starts acting where he suddenly goes into himself and says, no, it's it's me who should apologise, you know, and and explains it all. And, and there's Klinger in the background. And the way you can see Jamie Fire's shadow in the window. Yeah, makes me laugh. yeah. And then when he goes to his tent and he brings it all in. And to be fair, there's not an awful lot left. You know, there's some hogs gels left. There's a, a bit of fudge, I think, something like that. But it's just that wonderful bit where he turns around and says, oh, what's all this for? And he goes, it's just a tradition in my place. Mm. And Charles just turns around and uh, and and he says, uh, thank you, Max. <sighs> yeah. And, and then Max turns around and goes, thank, it's, it's a, thank you, Charles. I love that. And I, I, the hairs on the I back say, of my neck. You, you just I, talking I, I, about it is giving me chills. Because it, it's, yeah, yeah, oh, and I so always good. get slight, really emotional oh, about so that. Good. Thank you, Max. Yeah. It's oh, it's just it's so so good. And this to me is exactly what Mash is all about. It's all about you know you've got the young kids there who are you know that they're, they're orphans and their parents have been killed, their homes have been destroyed by war. You've got the art, you know, the, the the American army there who don't want to be there, and and then you've got you know trying to help each other out and they get misunderstandings and people trying to save lives. It's everything with humour as well, but also that emotional kick that hits you. It's just beautiful. I just so, so, so love it. Yeah, I told. I, I, I mean, you said it all. I, everything you said, I, I can't agree with more. I love mm. the interaction between David Ogden Steers and uh, Jamie Farr. Yeah. Their interaction is always amazing and that particular scene is probably one of the best interactions between the two and it's not even a long scene and there's not a lot happening there's not a lot of no. dialogue it's more look body language there's mm. an emotion behind it you know we understand the meaning behind it and one thing i always and i've said this before i think in previous podcasts one thing i always like about charles he is pompous. He is, mm-hmm. you know, he's better than everybody else, or at least he believes he is, you know. But when he is wrong, he's a man and he stands up and says, I was wrong. Yes. I am mm-hmm. sorry. And he realizes it. A lot of these, a lot of characters, a lot of characters that just in TV movies generally, if they're wrong, they never stand up and take the blame. Not like, yeah, not like him. Right. Yeah. He, does, he, he is a proper gentleman. So if he does, you know, when he's right, he's right. And he knows it and he'll tell you. Mm. But when he's wrong, he will swallow his pride. And, and he, he has a whole different, there's a whole different demeanor about his body. You know, because he's, yeah. he's always very, he, he's a big man to begin with. But when, he, oh, gosh, yeah. but when he's wrong, he really just kind of folds in, he comes softer to me. I don't, it's weird. Mm. It's a visual thing. He just becomes softer and he becomes, his voice becomes a little nicer. And mm. it's, it's just a, it's a nice I, I can't even explain it. It's just something about him. Well, his face kind of like, his face radiates with yeah. almost like a... I mean, I know that's more probably David Ogden Stiles, but his, his face comes... It's apart from being gruff and, uh, you know, in charge, yeah. in demeanor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's suddenly, that, that his face becomes warmer and softer and his eyes, you know, have, it's have that beautiful kind of blue warmth. Amazing. Them, you know? Yeah, it's amazing. But, I mean, yeah, everything you said, the whole, you know person dying even though you know honestly he's gonna die on the 26th which is still close to christmas but yeah at least he's not passing away on christmas day but they're always gonna yeah. associate christmas with the fall you know unfortunately yeah um mm. but i understand why they did it and like you said i understand why why um bj was the one that kind of spearheaded that because he is a father and he did yeah. and he knows what it would be like or he doesn't want his daughter to really you know so that that makes sense what else uh, that you already haven't uh talked about yeah i i guess everything is and it, it, again it's with charles charles he knew the lashing he was gonna get from everybody mm-hmm. you know yeah. but he still did it he still didn't he didn't 
say, well, you know, I donated a whole box of candy to, you know, the orphanage or he did, none, mm-hmm. none of that. You know, it was just, it's a tradition. They do it anonymously and, you know, well, somewhat anonymously. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's just, yeah. I mean, yeah, I gave, because I gave this an 8.5. And yeah. it's definitely, I may push it up to a 9 because it definitely, it's definitely, the more we talk about it, it's definitely one of, it's one I remember the most. So yeah. if you ask me to name five MASH episodes off of, out of memory, this is always one that I can bring back because mm. it, it had that much of an emotional pull on me. And like you said, at the end, man, you start tearing up because it's just so such a, so an amazing good. scene between those two. And there's nothing really going on and it's really, really quick and subtle. And but and that's what I love about MASH. Loretta Swift does yeah. the same thing. She has mm. these l- few lines, but she... She just, oh, I don't know what it is. I can't even, I'm trying to explain it. It's so, it's so hard to explain. She just, in her, a look, in the way she moves, mm. in a, uh, her eyes, in a smile, in a, and she can convey so much emotion in just one line, you yeah. know, or a yeah. look. Well, she says, it, you get that when she takes out the wallet. And oh, she, she yes. sees like the photograph, yeah. And she goes, oh, oh no. And you know, yep. but it's all before she even speaks. Yeah, her her face is telling it all, and her hands are telling it all. And actually, we're very good acting as well. If you notice, she subtly puts the picture towards the camera. Mm. It's really, really subtle, but we get to see what she's looking at yeah. before she speaks. So already, we're ahead of the game. We're like, oh look, he's got a family, and she says, oh no, and you think. This really isn't good. Yeah. You know, it's already got to her because she you knows she's had a broken marriage. Yeah. She could she does want children and all this kind of stuff. And obviously, like, you know, and that's just, that's what gets the, the whole ball rolling of this. I was thinking just saying when you turned around and said that actually, you know, there's there's not many television programs where and you know a character will kind of like admit defeat or admit yeah you know kind yeah. of like been wrong and probably one of the only ones and probably more recent ones i suppose of a sitcom if you want to call it a sitcom uh is probably friends when you watch friends and you realize actually because there's five actors in it and five characters who need to have kind of equal air time there's a lot of apologies that go on in that program there's a lot of times when people turn around and say they're wrong yeah or they're apologizing or they're seeing emotion and you know i mean and the writers of that are of course incredibly talented you know the creators are friends yeah and i you know i think that this is where they get lessons from that you know the likes of uh of larry gelbart and, yeah and uh, burt metcalf yeah. especially burt metcalf of course you know and i think that's where you know that that's probably one of the only programs that do carry that it's a, such a, I, it's I such a rare like, thing it's such a rare thing yeah. yeah and and charles and like i said he he's wrong several times throughout the series and mm. every single time he admits it and he's hum- yes. he's humbled by it you know, and that's what I, that I just, he's such a good character. He's so pompous and such an ass, but <laughs> he is also one of the sweetest, kindest souls on the show. And I think that's the reason why BJ and Hawkeye, especially Hawkeye, because Hawkeye, you know, knew Frank Burns longer than what BJ did. But, um, you know, that they see the, the that side of of. of Charles, yeah, and which they know that they can rib him. I mean, at the end of the day, the times that they do rib him or take the take the fun out of him is purely for the fact they're bored. Yes, so they need somebody <laughs> to do it with. But he gives it back just as much as with Frank. They they knew that he was generally a bit, although you know, wonderful acting yes. by uh, Larry uh, Linville, but. The you know he was a nasty piece of work yes. and he was out for himself and he didn't really give a damn uh, about who yep. was hurt as long as he got something out of it you know yeah. and I think that's the reason why they they are 
kind of like you know they have a lot of respect and time for him and and dare i say they are friends at the, towards the end of it anyway you know oh yeah 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 I'm I'm giving this I'm giving this a ten for obviously. oh yeah I knew uh, yeah I didn't even question that I figured it was gonna be a ten because it's like your top 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 one of all time and like I said the more I talk about it, the more excited I get about it and yeah the more you want to watch it yes, again, isn't it yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah just yeah. Oh, it's, it's just it's such an amazing episode and I'm so glad we finally got to it because I know we've been talking about you know teasing about mm. this one because this has always been your top favorite and this is it's the it's the ultimate Charles episode really. Oh, yeah, you know, it really is. You really yeah. get to see a whole new side to him. So, yeah, definitely great. I was hoping somebody forgot to turn off the lights. Looks like I was wrong. A driver found him beside the road, Colonel. That's all we know for sure. We figured the three of us can handle it. No point pooping everybody's party. How bad is he? He's doing no okay. Chance. Little conflict in diagnosis here. You wouldn't lie to Santa, would you, son? Family's Christmas wreath should be green, not black. He dies on Christmas, they have to live with it. I get the picture, but you're talking hours. Pretty long odds. He's in good hands, Colonel. We got our best people working on it. If you three don't take the cake. Should anyone ask, I'll tell them you're working on a special Christmas present for some kids back home. All right, well, how about IMDb? Okay, well, IMDb gives us an 8.4, so it's very, very close to your yeah. one there that you gave it as eight and a, yeah. an initial 8.5. Eight and, eight and a half, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, that's pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good uh, for an IMDb. You know? I mean, I think it should be yeah. a little higher, but, you know, I think most MASH episodes that we've been uh, doing the IMDb scores lately is I've been like, you know, seven and a half, seven point mm. something. So this is actually pretty high for an IMDb score, which yeah, it should be. Exactly. So it's, you know, you know, yeah, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, mean, I would have put it towards a nine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. But, yeah. You know, there you go. Yeah. Very cool. There you are, you mendacious lowlife. I don't understand. Oh, play the innocent with me. How dare you steal candy from babies, you. Please, Major. May we step outside? You took the words right out of my mouth. Deny it. Deny it if you can. You took the Christmas candy I gave you and you sold it on the black market. Have you no shame? May I explain? No! What you may do is retrieve that candy immediately and have it in the children's stockings by morning. Otherwise, they're going to find you hanging by the chimney without care. Major, I cannot. The money is gone. You! Parasite! Please, your generous gift and insistence that it remain anonymous touched me deeply. The candy would have brought great joy to the children for a few moments. But on the black market, it was worth enough rice and cabbage to feed them for a month. Rice and cabbage? I know. I have failed to carry out your family tradition, and I am very sorry. On the contrary, it is I who should be sorry. It is sadly inappropriate to give dessert to a child who's had no meal. Shall we share some, as you say, Christmas cheer? <laughs> no. Thank you. Please, go ahead. All right. Let's go ahead and move on to some behind the scenes. I have the first one here. Colonel Potter is the third and final cast member to play Santa Claus at the 4077th. Hawkeye and BJ each played Santa, Hawkeye in Dear Dad from 72, where he misses the orphan's Christmas party and is helicoptered in costume into a foxhole during combat, and BJ in Dear Sis from 78, where he wears a white Santa beard complemented by his own 
cheesy moustache. I remember that. The soldier who dies in this episode's name is Dan Flanagan. He doesn't show in the credits, but he's identified when they go through his personal items. Uh, the title's from a movie of the same name, Death Takes a Holiday, from 1934. Although the title is the same as the 1934 film mentioned here, its true original title source is the Italian play La Mortal in Vacanza by Alberto Casella, which translates to in English as, of course, Death Takes a Holiday. When Charles pulls up to the house where the orphans live, frogs are croaking in the background. This is centered around Christmas. Frogs would be hibernating in December in Korea, therefore would not be croaking. Major Winchester, the party of one. Dinner is served. What is this? Well, let me see. For your appetizer, the last of the macadamias, followed by a mixed grill of Lebanese salami, sugar-cured ham, pig's feet, and hog jowls. We have seconds on those. Sorry, sir. No smoked oysters. I just smoked the last one. But I... Uh, ah, uh, and for dessert, Frisco fudge. And nutty fruitcake. All laced with hemlock, I'm sure. Sorry, sir, no hemlock. But I can get you some ketchup. And what, pray tell, is the catch of the day? Oh, just one catch, Major. Uh-huh. The source of this Christmas dinner must remain anonymous. It's an old family tradition. Thank you, Max. Merry Christmas, Charles. And trivia time. Okay, so last episode's question. In season 7, episode 14, An Eye for a Tooth, Father Mulcahy helps a heroic chopper pilot whose travelling companion has been destroyed. What was the dummy's name? Okay, well, the answer was Lil Mac. Lil Mac. Now, this episode's question. In series 7, episode 11, titled Point of View, we see everything through the eyes of a wounded soldier. But what was the soldier's name? Hmm. All right. Go ahead and send your answers to mash4077podcast at gmail.com. I'm still getting a pulse, but it's awfully ready. What time is it? 11.25. Come on, kid, we're almost there. No pulse. Come on. I'm not getting anything. Come on. Nothing. Adrenaline, one to 10,000. No. It's over, let him, let him rest. Never fails to astonish me. You're alive, you're dead. No drums. No flashing lights, no fanfare. You're just dead. I'll get the death certificate. Look, he made it. Time of death, 12.05, December 26th. Falsifier record. Christmas should be thought of as a day of birth. That'll be a first for me. Wars full of firsts and lasts. You can find MASH 4077 podcasts all over social media. We have a Twitter account. You can find the podcast at MASH 4077 podcast. You can find me, Kenny, at Geeky Fanboy. You can find Meds at Hawkeye Meds. We also have a Facebook fan group. 
You can join up by searching facebook.com slash mash4077podcast. Or just type in mash4077podcast in the search and our page will come up. If you have any questions or comments or you want to answer some of our trivia questions, you can send those emails to mash4077podcast at gmail.com. You can listen to mash4077podcast all over the interwebs. You can catch us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and now we're on Spotify. And if you want to see show notes or do a direct download or listen to the podcast online, you can go to our main website at mash4077podcast.com. All right, so I think that's going to do it for this episode. Um, obviously, this is Med's number one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is definitely in my top ten, so it's really, really a good episode. Yeah. So yeah, so we both agree. I think this is probably one of the top of the tops for the for Mash, especially especially a Charles episode. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, I am Kenny, and I'm Simon, and we'll be seeing you. Oh, oh, hold it right there. Well, well, well. Santa happens to know you've been very good boys and girls today. And because of that, we've got a special present for you. Elf? Fudge. All the way from Mill Valley, California. Last four pieces. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Check out the latest podcast to hit this quadrant. The Geek Roundtable. Join hosts as they sit down with fellow geeks to talk, well, geek. Star Wars, Star Trek, cosplay, fantasy, anime, Firefly, even My Little Pony. If it's geeky, we'll discuss it. King Arthur had his roundtable for his nights. And now it's time for us geeks to have ours. Come join in the fun and geek out with the Geek Roundtable. Find us on iTunes by searching The Geek Roundtable. Or visit our website, thegeekroundtable.com. Hello, MASH fans. Now, as some of you know, myself and Kenny have our own individual podcasts, and my podcast is called Waffle On Podcast, and we waffle on about classic films and television programs from around the world, so if that's your cup of tea or martini, then why don't you follow us over on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or, of course, from Podbean. You can find us at waffleon.podbean.com, and we would be honoured if you would join us. MASH 4077 Podcast is a Geeky Fanboy production and has a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, works 3.0 United States license. All rights reserved.